Hello and uh, welcome to episode 8 of Banana Republic, the political podcast from Birmingham Live. Um, my guests this time are two former councillors uh, and we're going to talk about planning and the uh, built environment and what's going on in Birmingham. The, the, we can all see the cranes and the skyscrapers being, uh, being thrown up and other buildings being lost. They were both prominent members of the planning committee. In fact, Peter Douglas Osborne, a former Conservative councillor, was a chairman of the planning committee for a while. So arguably Birmingham's planning chief for a, what, about five years? Four years. Four years. And we've got Fiona Williams, former Labour councillor, who was also a very outspoken member of the planning committee for many years. Um, and perhaps Fiona was a, took a more pragmatic view about development and, and was very supportive of some of our post-war architecture. So um, I'm going to ask them both to have a brief uh, comment really on, on how they see things in Birmingham, the, the building. Of course, we've got things like Paradise uh, Circus being redeveloped now. And, and these are all decisions that they played a part in. They were all on the committees as these things were going through um, in the last few years. So um, I'll start with Peter. Perhaps you could just tell us what, what you think about what's going on with Birmingham, with, with building and planning at the moment. Well, I'm very proud of the Paradise Circus development. Uh, it seems that we managed to put it through with um, support from all parties, uh, the third as well. And uh, I'll try and speak for them when I say that um, it's uh, confidence in the future of the city that uh, was being maintained. Uh, and I think uh, when we look at particular developments, such as the library, um, I think we all had our doubts about it, we'd only be human to do so, but when it was finished um, there was such a surge of interest in the city that now it's, uh, it's seen to be um, a main um, iconic um, uh, development that even the BBC thinks is worth uh, noting mm. uh, and it's replaced the Rotunda in that respect and I think it's uh, it's a wonderful place to go to we've had over a million visitors in the first year nearly a million million in the second year uh, and I do hope that that is the uh, the flagship for Birmingham to get people in so they can see the rest of the city and enjoy things such as the Birmingham International um, Dance Festival which is taking place at the moment right. And Fiona, how do you see the, the development of the last few years and our uh, our growth as a city? Well, I was pleased to be on the planning committee to approve um, the designs mm -hmm. um, and um, especially the um, building that's going to be at right angles to the back of the town hall, Champion Square 3. Yep. Um, because of the in the front of the building, there's going to be these pillars which are going to be three-storey high and the question was asked when I was chair of the conservation heritage panel you were there yes, Peter. That's right. um, um, how is it is it going to be strong enough because surely those pillars need to be pinned to all the way up and the architect said they had a word with GVA Grimley and GVA Grimley said yes they yes it will work in civil engineering terms and then it struck me because I'd just come back from Turkey and I visited the temple of Didyma where they had a marble um, roof that was about two foot, two foot deep, which they managed to put on top of quite high pillars. Mm. And ancient Turkey is older than ancient Greece. So I said, if they can do it, we can do it with our modern, modern things. But the only concern I have is how long is this going to last? Mm. Because we've got buildings that lasted Edwardian, Victorian, 
and I was looking at the old pictures of Birmingham when I saw the building that the old library replaced, and that was a beautiful building. Mm, that's true. And that hasn't lost long. Mm. So how long are these going to last? Yeah, we're the, talking 30, 40 year lifespan, yeah. and then. I mean, that yeah. West Tower, that didn't last long. So how mm. long are these not? Because a city, and when I look around and other other cities and other other towns around the West Midlands, around the country, they've kept a lot of their architecture and managed to keep a lot of the character of their town how can we keep a character of our town if we keep on changing everything yeah yeah i mean i can understand i don't mind progress i don't mind seeing a progression of buildings in a city but Mm. demolishing everything and then putting something new then demolishing it and changing it every 30 years Mm. i think destroys the basic character of a city yeah, I mean, you you made a great uh, that that point around about a year ago when we were talking about Smallbrook Queensway and the Link Bridge, which oh, um, yeah. which um, to those who may not know, is over Hurst Street on um, on the Queensway. It's that office block that straddles the road, and you go under when you go to the Hippodrome or the Chinese yeah. Quarter. Um, and that um, last year, secured planning permission to be um, removed that link right. section, and the offices would be. Um, I think buffed up or uh, or improved or reclad or however you want to describe it, they they're going to redo something to the offices as well. Um, what what was your objection at the time? Oh, <laughs> thank you. I can't remember it. Mm. But thinking back, that could have been a really good gateway feature into Her Street, into the Chinese Quarter. Mm-hmm. So I think there was no imagination there. Mm-hmm. And there does seem to be very, a lack of imagination in architecture at this time. We did see some of it on the Conservation and Heritage panel. Like one architect came in and mm-hmm. he's taken old things like um, old, um, the old trolleys that porters used to use to take um, luggage around mm-hmm. and stations. Somebody turns them into tables. So taking things of our industrial heritage when they're not going to be used anymore, changing them and incorporating them into apartments in the older buildings of of Mm -hmm. Birmingham that's really good but when you get people just off the shelf designs um, and I've just uh, I've had a look saw Mm -hmm. something um, there's a lot of buildings in Birmingham that are identical a lot of buildings the rest of the world the only thing that you can look at in Birmingham and say do you mean the flat glass yeah. Edifices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that can identify Birmingham now is two things: is the old GPO tower and Selfridges, mm. because they're iconic. Whereas everything else, you might as well be in any any city around the world. Mm. Well, I, I think um, it's a very interesting dichotomy um, that uh, you can have a city that's alive, it's developing. Um, it changes regularly, as you say, every 40 years. Mm. M- more bits and pieces coming in. It's a developing character, like most of us do. And yet, and I think this is where Fiona is perfectly right, if you have a dead city, let's take Siena or Rothenburg, um, when they become alive again, they are set in a previous period and they're so attractive because we all want to go back and have a look at this wonderful past that we think we had, mm. the golden era. 
Um, and there's an advantage to that. So there's an advantage to growth, there's an advantage to being alive, there's also an advantage to being dead. Uh, I can't explain that, but architecture manages to. There's loads of different um, interpretations, as we've seen. Uh, the, po the pillars coming up, I think that was one of the first ones was Bourneville College down uh, in Northfield, Longbridge area. Uh, and it has its origin, as, as Fiona correctly says, in, in the, the Greek temples of the mm. past. Uh, but not necessarily how they put them together, but how they actually are. So there's an attraction even in dead buildings that we want to copy. And why not? Yeah. Uh, incidentally, sorry, something I, I mm. meant to say, when we talk about iconic buildings, of course, the new library mm. is very much now used as part of... Uh, not Birmingham, and incidentally, it was covered on Floggit yesterday mm. afternoon. <laughs> they actually, because during the program, they actually they did some of the um, they did Floggit here in Birmingham last summer right. last yeah. year, yeah. and uh, they always do something on significant buildings. They have done did last week Stoho House, mm -hmm. and they did the library, and they actually explained why the rings were on the outside. That was. Mm. Um, the grey rings were the industrial mm. heritage and the silver rings was the jewellery making. Mm. So they explained the significance of the design mm. of the library. So it was quite a good coverage of the library. Brilliant mention there at Soho House because of course we're now coming up to the 200th anniversary next year of James Watt, mm. uh, James Watt's death. Um, there are all sorts of uh, um, events are going to take place in the city and the um, museums and art galleries. Uh, there is an, a house in the middle of um, uh, what one might call a less salubrious area than, than it used to be. And it's, it's, it's survived, and thank heaven it has done, because it's a meeting place for all of us to go and talk about conservation. Uh, and the houses round about, the Victorian, um, uh, semi-detached, uh, well most of them actually are... are uh, Large uh, terraces. Yeah, that's right. There, there aren't any semi-detached yeah. unless they were put up after the bombing. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a wonderful area for for um, regeneration of ideas. Uh, the Nishcam Centre just up the hill, um, where they've sent that in, where they made that into a school, uh, mm. regenerated the old buildings, and they have such a. Oh, worth. It was a row of is it Georgian houses, right, terraces yeah, on it. the front, but mm. it's it's a school building at the back there. Mm. Yeah. Um, so God bless them for, uh, for for regenerating it and and for giving the character of an area, which is absolutely essential. I think people don't rate it because it hasn't got a um, a, a specific pounds <coughs> or a pence value. Uh, but there's no, no doubt about it, giving people a sense of place gives them pride in their area mm. uh, and I think uh, contributes to, um, shall we say, the, the better type of behaviour. Yeah. I think it does because people need a base, they mm. need mm. grounding. Yes. And mm. one of the best places to ground people is in the history, is, in, is seeing the history of where you live mm. and being part of the history of where you live because history is always evolving. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Point. Is there anyone who got it wrong um, on this sort of aim to be iconic or clever and might have got it wrong? I mean, one that, that, that got nominated for one of those uh, Carbuncle yeah. Awards was the Chardin Library, for example, with a huge spike out the front. Um, yeah, I think that was possibly a bit unfair, but mm. the the central library, I think that was that was the the carbuncle, or as uh, as um, uh, the Prince of Wales put it, the mm. the, um, 
place, place better designed for burning books than showing them. Yeah. Um, and I think we could possibly have a discussion on this, but I uh, I felt that it was a horrid, horrible example of, of brutalist architecture, oh. and of course it didn't work. It leaked, uh, and it wasn't an appropriate place to keep the um, uh, wonderful um, examples of our history, such as all the um, the books uh, oh. that were produced by um, uh, John Wesley. Um, that we have, you know, the Wesleyan Centre uh. um, and the Shakespearean room that we actually have in the new uh. building, which was totally lost in, in the old building. So, practically speaking, it hadn't got much to say for it. Um, I think, architecturally speaking, it was not the best example of John Maiden's work. Mm. Mm. I, I don't know, because when it went up, I was, I was younger at the time and I was quite pleased with it. Uh. I was pleased with the Napa's Tower. But. You, sometimes you have got to keep mistakes, mm. even if it's to teach architects in future, this is what you shouldn't do. Um, mm. But there again, something big as a library. Look <laughs> 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 that one, that was, you can't say, if that's a mistake, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there he, was talk to repurpose yeah. it or to... Yeah. We did look at every every yeah. every mechanism to uh, try and um, bring it up to refurbish it, but uh, mm. nothing nothing came about. However, there were good work. I think um, because I've been a bit critical of John Maiden, and God bless him, he's he, he he's he's dead and he isn't here to uh, defend himself. But I did manage to um, have three of his buildings, you know, two of them in Frederick Road, examples of modern brutalist architecture that nevertheless were of a high standard. And we put preservation orders on them in order to retain them for future generations. Mm. We've kept the best of his work. I think that that's a good argument. Keeping the worst is not. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's a point taken. As I say, you know, lessons lessons have to be learned. But I'll go back to the original. The, this, the, the Victorian, yes. There does seem to be something wrong with the architects of today and the engineers of today mm. when they cannot design anything that mm. lasts longer than 30 years mm. victorian architects and designers they've managed to do it mm. edwardian georgian architects and designers they've managed to do it yet anybody in this century in the last century can't mm. seem to do that yeah I can't mean, that's seem to do anything that will last. Some of that's a lifestyle thing, isn't it? The the tower block and the. Well, we we also forget getting rid of of, mm. of the areas that that were substandard, and, mm. and and thank God we did. The best example of those, of course, are next to the town hall, where Joe Chamberlain decided to have a compulsory purchase, the first compulsory purchase order of any local authority, and mm. knock down all the slums that today is Colmore Row, mm. um, and put up the new council house and bring life to that part of the city. Um, which is epitomised by um, Hanson's building of, of, of the town hall. So uh, there were there were advantages that we have forgotten there. We tend to think it's always mm, been there. It hasn't. There were back-to-backs there with the roofs falling in, with the drainage um, uh, in, in a mess, uh, and people living a life of total squalor. So moving them out to Aston, uh, for mm. some people, may not have been a wonderful advantage, but uh, nonetheless, it gave them a house that was uh, that was capable of uh, helping them to um, to live a decent life, uh, mm. uh, which what they hadn't had before. And I didn't know that about Goncourt Road, but that is where you would say a successful transition has taken place, and it's mm. something that has lasted. But yet again. Mm. It's of a previous era that doesn't seem to exist in nowadays. No, and the one building that was was the NatWest Tower, which yeah. obviously was pulled down a couple of years ago. Yeah, and that's true. 
I, it's interesting. Uh, it, uh, it had occurred to me, you know, the back-to-backs. Yes, mm-hmm. they might not have been very good condition, mm-hmm. and they might have been quite small. But I'm starting to wonder. Uh, towards the end of the time, I was on the planning committee where uh, the new developers were trying to go back to the small sizes <laughs> yes, of the back-to-backs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and but when you think about it in security terms, back-to-backs are probably more secure than anything else because the kids had to play in the fronts. Mm. Nobody could get into the house only through the front, mm. and the ch- p- parents would be able to keep an eye on the kids playing in the front. So it's a secure place, mm. Um, mm. and it was, and nobody could drive in because it was a uh, just completely. Because paid one of your former colleagues um, likened the new development on Ignil Port Loop to back-to-backs, which uh, yes, I think that's a bit unfair because um, <laughs> you know I, I do take um, a, a mm. certain amount of. Um, had devolved credit because it was not my responsibility although I got involved in it with the, the back-to-backs that we kept on the corner of Inch Street yeah. and Hurst Street oh, yes. which the National Trust well, yes. yes, that's right the, the National Trust really felt that was a good example of showing people how people lived in the past mm. and of course they were incredibly tight and small yeah. um, but we kept that not necessarily as a warning but for mm. people to actually go and live in and to see what it was like in those days but just after that period, this is about 1830, 1840, when we come to 1875 and Colmore Row, I just mentioned this very quickly, the aim of Joe Chamberlain was that um, all those uh, buildings on Colmore Row should have 125-year leases, um, which meant that um, they would be up uh, on the year 2000 and would make Birmingham the richest city in Europe. Uh, now, as you can see, you may plan for the future, but it doesn't necessarily come about because... Mm-hmm. In the meantime, the city, um, looking for funds in the past, has sold on the freeholds uh, to the detriment, I think, because mm. uh, we could have had a, a brand new development uh, all along there, all of which, all of the funds would have come to the city if we hadn't been a bit too greedy in the past. Yeah, mm. I think, I think that that's a fair point to make, really. Yeah. So... Um Perhaps if we t- turn it around there, is there anything that hasn't been done that you would do given, you know, control over the planning system and and a willing developer with a with a checkbook to uh, to to put it into action? Is there anything you'd like to see? No. Oh, I, 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 I'm still battling on that the um, the clock tower. Uh, in the museum at the back of the council house should be visible from as many um, roads as possible to give people a sense of where they are Mm. Uh, and I'm fighting for this the whole time I'd like it to have been seen from the ICC but uh, uh, a building uh, is now in the way so we've just got to hope that people we've sort of grown up in the city it's easy for us to work out where we are there's so many visitors now as I say a million visitors came to the uh, uh, to the library, it's it's essential for them to know whereabouts they are in the city, for where they want to go to, and not missing out on anything that they'd like to see. And if they can't relate to somewhere, um, like there is the council house, there's the library, there's the museum, uh, it, it's it, they, they tend to, I think, cut short a visit that would have been longer. Actually, I think it, it's, it's, that's a fair point you're making, because when they were knocking down... Um, the buildings each mm. side of uh, Baskerville House, mm. and sudden, and they knocked down the library. Suddenly, you had a view of the mm. museum and art gallery, and of big of, of big Brom, mm. and of the building, the education department mm. next to it, and it was fantastic design mm. that had been built and designed by Chamberlain. 
and it's thinking, I was thinking, it's a shame we hadn't done anything more. And I'm not convinced what we're doing is going to enhance that. Office, as I said, it would. Um, whether it will, I'm around to be seen. Well, it's but a, it's it was, a trade it off, a isn't it? it is, but it mm. was a beautiful view that you suddenly, suddenly saw. Yeah, yes, yeah. it was. How good How Chamberlain was. How city could be, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trade off at the end of the day because, you know, we can't have the city we all want mm. and no. would like. Uh, we can't have it in aspic. We have to have it in, <laughs> yeah. in a live form so that it can contribute. I mean, otherwise we aren't going to attract Channel Four here, which is my desperate hope. Mm. Um, with the sort of buildings we've got, with the facilities, uh, the commercial blocks uh, mm. that will attract them, especially with the with the proximity of HS2 as it will be at the they, bottom of the hill. We're going to get HSB in a tax office. Uh, HSBC in a tax office, are we? Yes. Mm. So we're going to get the tax collectors round. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, you can see the downside quite easily. <laughs> yeah, it, I, 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 I agree with you. You can't have a, you can't have a city in a time capsule. Mm. However, you've got to preserve some of it so you can actually see the story of the architecture of the city. Mm. Mm. I mean, we got. Um, I, I'm going to broaden it out a bit now because. Um, there's, there's obviously you, you're talking about the um, you can't preserve it and you've got to have something that's fit for purpose and, and obviously we've got this housing shortage we've recently mm. had the tension with Greenbelt although that wasn't a planning committee decision that was a cabinet decision to, and then a government decision but um, you, you obviously had an input into that and um, you know where do we how, how does this tension play out you know we talked about just, just then about Ignil Port Loop where it seems the um the housing size is maybe getting a bit too small or on the small side um how do we manage that and where should we put these houses that, that we so desperately need well I, I i one of the things that it had concerned me over in the planning committee was the huge number of apartments that are being built i mean in one planning committee agenda alone i did make it at the point at the time we agreed about 1,000 apartments mm. in a small area of the city centre mm. and we'd agreed loads more um, mm. and I am concerned that we might be getting the London effect mm. where we get people who buy home, buy apartments just to stay here while in the week while they're working and in the weekend they mm. go home and it's just going to be barren in the city centre mm. but also why are we having so many apartments when we've got a shortage of big family houses which is what we need mm. and if it's something all of us on the planning committee kept on saying we wanted more family houses because mm. there is a huge waiting list of families and it's no good putting families in tower blocks mm. if you got leave the tower blocks mm. put all the single people in the tower blocks and then create family houses for families. Yeah. I think the only one was the Smithfield plan had some family housing at the back, didn't it? Yes, there's, Highgate, there's, but there's not many. There's, there's, there's a bit of um, uh, Paris, I think, uh, you know, looking to Paris, where it, mm. it's, it's family housing in blocks, mm. um, and that would mean small parks um, dotted mm. around. Uh, that, that's a lovely um, atmosphere to be in. Mm. Um, but the, uh, as regards the, 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 the type of houses, well, um, our, our most advanced people at the beginning of the century before last movement thought that the minimum you could have was 12 houses per acre. Mm. Um, in those days, yes. you needed a big garden and everybody garden because they didn't watch the telly um, when they mm. got home and, uh, and, and sort of, uh, uh, I, w I won't be too rude about it nowadays however um you know so I, I enjoy growing my rhubarb as you know and i like that amount of space 
but there's no doubt about it my kids don't they want small houses in some cases mm. uh, if they're living in the city they want a block of flats at 8 to um, 15 mm. stories high you know plenty of views nice air um, and uh, and that seems to be where the demand is but Fiona's totally right when we should make sure in terms of our planning responsibilities that we cater for the particular types of housing that people will want to move into and we have to encourage them to come out of those and to go into more concentrated living when they get older and when they start out um, on, on the, the housing uh, ladder to begin with. It's the middle period where they need the space, where they need the gardens for the kids, the safety, the rest of it. Mm. That's where we should make sure that we've got that catered for either side as well. Mm. We haven't got enough um, bungalows, I think, for older people as we're living longer, at least as we're hopefully living longer. Um, and that, that, that's an area where the city is, has a dearth, and that's, uh, that should be our responsibility, I think, for yeah, getting I, more. Uh, also, another aspect is because there's growing concern about the amount of time children are spending on the computer, on IT, point, on yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, if you haven't got a garden for the children to go out and play in, what can you expect them to do? You can't tell them to go down the road because families are really more aware it's child safety than there were yeah. previously mm. than when mm. we were children. Mm. That's true. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, they've got, children have to go out and play. They've got to learn to play, climb mm. trees, and fall over, fall out of trees, because it's the only way you learn safety, safety. is if you actually mm. go out and do it. Yep. But you need to be doing it in a controlled environment so the parents know their children are enjoying themselves as children but are safe. Doing mm-hmm. so, and you can only do that in a garden. Mm. Really, you can't do it in a flat. So, some more houses with gardens, and yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah. Uh, it, it is a shame because I think I just can't get my head around the number of apartments, and including yeah. there's one apartment on Snow Hill, um, just down from Snow Hill Station, that's being built at the moment. It's being built. And they haven't got anybody to go into it yet. I think mm. other offices or apartments are can't remember which. It's yeah. speculative development. Yeah. Now, what the hell's that? Are we going to have an empty office block or an empty mm. apartment? Well, they're going to have to pay the rates on it. So it's a bad decision, but uh, I am sure that at the right price, there's uh, sufficient numbers of people mm. waiting for somewhere to live that that, 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 that they're onto a winner, whatever they do. Yeah, you talk, you're talking about apartments. I recently. Um, we, we recently published a story of um, 5,000, we, we worked up 5,000 houses that are being built, or apartments that are being built in the city centre. Um, that, that's ones with planning permission that are either got cranes on the ground or are awaiting development. So in potential, you, that's 5,000 mm. to 10,000 people mm. and who that want apartments out of a population of 1.1 million. 1.1 million. Mm. And that doesn't include Smithfield, which is only an outline scheme yeah. at the moment. There's no detail, but the, yeah. that that was ones with detailed yeah. designs for I, it. I, think, yeah. I remember, I think, I don't know, I, Peter, you'd been mm-hmm. doing planning longer than me, so perhaps you can correct me on this. But what's, there was a point at one, one point when they started saying the town, city centre was dead at night, so we needed more people in the city centre. Uh, and that, mm. well, yeah, why do we have to have them in apartments? Why can't we have families back in the city centre? Yeah, I think it's where the families want to come back in the city centre. Um, 
we can't cram everybody in there and expect them all to uh, enjoy no, themselves. But we can um, spread and them you out. Need, yeah, yeah, there's an argument I think that says you should have at least three generations living in the house. Um, that was certainly the case in our uh, our youth. Uh, nowadays, I think there's there's more of a, of a, of a, of a limit on on one mm. and a half. Um, so when I, I would like to encourage more families to live in, I'm not sure about um, uh, where we pack them in unless mm. it's um, unless in the way in which. Word pack all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably right there. I take that. I take that criticism as valid. Um, what we've got to do is work out where we can put the most number of people <laughs> without causing social problems as a mm. result. So uh, when we look at blocks of flats, I think in this country, Germany, great success. France, great success. In this country, our blocks of flats are not successful mm. uh, socially. Therefore, we've got to. Uh, I, I mean, think, is it go, case we need more three-bedroom apartments like those wide open? Yep. Manhattan things that we um, see on the film so often. I think actually yes because mm. the apartments, so apartments that were being built in Broad Street they've got um, mm. the flatter roof on the lower pole stories have got a garden being yeah. built on mm. them aren't they? Mm. So they are actually, you know, instead of looking on a grey roof you're looking on a park basically mm. Mm. and it's somewhere for people to go mm. because it's now you need your green. You mm. do. Your and trees. This is this is me with my dimension yeah. hat on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For mental well-being for everybody, mm. you need green. You need mm. trees. You need to be able to have a quiet spot with lavender-scented flowers, mm. sage, mm. where you can have chill-out areas. Incidentally, I've suggested that for the Birmingham Commonwealth Games. I've yeah. suggested that they become dementia-friendly. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, as I eventually, the I, last I, policy I did, sorry, changing the subject, <laughs> last, last policy I did, because I, 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 <laughs> I gave officers directions before leaving, as I mentioned, and I said, can we start putting in plans to try and make Birmingham, Birmingham Commonwealth Games dementia friendly? Well, we should see the um, plans for the new athletes village coming through which will obviously yeah. be a housing estate after I think they're, they're due any day. Uh, I did ask a question, that's mm. not going to be family mostly not at the moment but yeah. i think it's out for consultation and i know that's something the local councillors have put in for a larger that there's a small section on the outline the, mm. the draft scheme for family housing um but i think the the main part will the, be um single I, and I, I can't uh, believe, it's about 20 percent I, I think i can't believe there isn't an architect with um with some imagination that could actually mm. design something that could be suitable for athletes well, with a minimum change, could be yep. changed over yep. to well, a family Well, Councillor Hunt said apparently in London they did it with the... Because um, John Hunt's the local councillor down there at Perry Bar, and he said that, I think, the London village, they, they had single the units for yeah. athletes, and then you knock them through or the partition wall was lifted, yeah. and you could then keep a family. Yeah, yeah. so it has been done. Mm. Um, Clive Dutton actually was responsible for um, the uh, the future use, you know, the great mm. um, uh, planning... Um, director that we had many years ago, uh, who sadly passed away about four years ago, um, and he uh, he specifically looked at the um, what they call a modular construction. The principle being that you can turn it into something apart from what it looks like on the yeah. outside, mm. uh, and and that was that proved to be a bit difficult. But 
Um, I, I, I agree with you entirely. Uh, what you need to do is have a mix of things. First of all, that people should realise the generations, but more importantly, for dementia cases, uh, or for potential dementia cases, to try and uh, reduce them. Uh, the knowledge of the seasons is apparently important, because if you're stuck inside most of the time, you don't appreciate the way the world is um, swinging from one side to the other. Um, and the greenery tells you that and as you say the perfumes, the lavender the mm-hmm. uh, glorious um, yeah. spring and summer, people need to go out there and say isn't this beautiful especially in comparison well, with the winter yeah apparently uh, because I was doing some work with Alzheimer's Society and the dementia friendly areas mm-hmm. apparently and the dementia cafes uh, parents with autistic children find the outside of cafes beneficial for their children oh, and I have yeah, found yeah. since that in actual fact they now know if our children with severe autism are actually educated or do learning in amongst trees, in amongst mm, greenery yeah. rather than in a building in four walls mm-hmm. they actually their symptoms of autism is reduced yeah. mm. so um, if we have dementia friendly areas around the, around the Birmingham games not only with people with dementia can actually sit there people, anyone with a, anyone who's stressed out mm. could just have a nice mm-hmm. quiet area we're also I've suggested that all staff are made are dementia aware mm. because quite often when cashiers face this dementia people have problems with counting out their mm. money and cashiers and then they get tuts from mm. the people behind um, so um, having people dementia aware and mental health mm. first aid as well as yes, uh, yes, first aiders at the yeah. games, simple things like that mm. would make uh, and also dementia friendly signs, which incidentally mm. not only helps people with dementia, it helps people who can't read or write, but helps anyone whose English isn't their first language. So dementia friendly signs will be going in there, must be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to draw it to a close, but thank you very much both for joining us. Um, that's been interesting chat and um, just for the listeners I will be um, putting some pictures of the buildings we've been talking about and the areas we've been talking about on the, um, on the link to the podcast so um, have a little click through there and, and you can see some of the places that, that we've been talking about but thank you very much Peter and Fiona for coming in and uh, sharing your thoughts thank you thank you